0: You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church podcast. Praise God, you may be seated. Open your Bible at 2 Corinthians chapter 13. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. This is part five. We're having a look at the intimacy of the Holy Spirit. And if you've missed any of them, you realize that we've covered a lot of ground. And so all of our messages are available on platforms like live stream, and you can go back and catch up on it. podcast. We've been having a look at this particular scripture from various aspects. We noticed, yeah, first of all, the Godhead is revealed, God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. When Jesus was baptized, He came out the water, Jesus, the Word, is God. John chapter 1, verse 1. The Father spoke out of heaven, this is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. And we saw the Holy Spirit descending and anointing Jesus for His ministry. And so we understand that God manifests in three persons, three individuals. And they are all individuals and persons as much as you and I are persons. We are created, well, we are as much person as He is. We are born of His image. Born of God, offspring of God. And so, the same way, when you talk about me and my wife, we are one. You don't think of us as one huge blob. We are two different people, but one in unity. And so, our God is one. But the Father, we understand, we're happy. He sits on a throne. We think of Him as a person. We think of Him. You know, with, with, uh, as hands, and eyes, and mouth that speaks. Jesus, well, he lived in a body. That's easy to perceive. Uh, and, but the Holy Spirit, for some reason, for a long time, people thought of, of him just as a power, just the force of God. It's like the eminence of God. No, he is a person. And we see through the Scriptures how Jesus referred regularly to him as him, not it. Him, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come. And so, yeah, we see Paul revealing the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. There's Jesus, the love of God. God is love, according to the first letter of John. Say that God is love. And then he says the communion of the Holy Spirit. That word communion is the word in the Greek koinonia, which means fellowship. And it's more, as I said already, it's more than just a cup of coffee. It is intimate Fellowship. Everybody say intimate fellowship. And so Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 12, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. For He will not speak of His own authority. Whatever He hears, He will speak and He'll tell you things to come. So we've been given the Holy Spirit to highlight our future for us, to guide us into it. Nothing needs to catch you by surprise ever again. Is that good news? Lift your hand and say, nothing ever needs to catch me by surprise. I have the Holy Spirit within me, and He reveals my future to me. Now notice, He says that He will tell you of the things He has heard. Well, who's He hearing it from? From the Father. From the Father. And so we saw in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. That would be by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He's the one that revealed what He heard from the Father to men and women who would then speak it and or write it down. Ultimately, it was written down. Even if that wasn't written by the speaker, we did hear it, they heard it, they wrote it, and then we received it. And so today we can understand that when you're reading Scripture, You are hearing the voice of God. Sometimes people say, I wish I could hear God's voice. Read your Bible out loud. That is the voice of God. And you can grow from that where He will then start telling you more intimate things that are more relevant to who you are and your particular plans that God has for your life. But the point I'm making here is if the Scripture is given by God, it's profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction in righteousness. Why? So that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. How do you want to be complete and thoroughly equipped? Well, that means when we receive the Scripture, understanding it's from the Holy Spirit, where He's revealing to us what we need to know. Remember, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2 verse, uh, you go down 9 through to 13, But you look at verse uh, 11, What man knows the things of man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. We have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. We have the Holy Spirit within us so he can reveal what we need to know. So here we have various scriptures talking about the Holy Spirit being the one bringing the word to us. Jesus said he would remind us of what we've been taught. Have a look at John 14, 26, the help of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He'll teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Now, I put all that there so that we are ready to receive. So when you understand when Paul wrote the scriptures, He wrote under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. That's why you'll notice sometimes in his letters, he would say, I speak this under my own opinion. And he would would write it. So even the Holy Spirit said, go ahead and write it. You're stating it's your own opinion. In other words, I've deduced this by my own belief system. But when otherwise, when he spoke, it was as God gave it to him. As God gave it to him. And so... Many of his letters have got Holy Spirit-inspired prayers. In his writing, he would say, and I pray for you. And in praying for them, we recognize that only prayer that is inspired by God comes by hearing faith, hearing the word of God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Bible says if we ask anything according to God's will, he hears us. And if it's according to His will, that means it must have been written in the Word. And so for Paul to say it as a prayer means he knows it's the will of God. And last week we started having a look at those Spirit-inspired prayers. Because if I'm going to pray, I don't have to try and make up stuff to pray. I can take exactly what He said If Paul says, this is how the Holy Spirit inspired me, well, I'll use that prayer then. And so last week, we had a look, first of all, at Colossians chapter 1, verse 9 to 12. How many of you have been confessing that this week? Have you been praying that prayer? Three people. All right. Now, here's a good tip. When the pastor recommends something, uh, that would be a good thing to do. Amen. Amen. Uh, you know, how many of you learned to drive a car? The only way that worked is because you did what the instructor said. How many of you work out at gym? Do you notice it works better when you do what the coach says? Amen. So if we want to improve, we want to grow, we do what the coach says. We do what, uh, what we recommend it to do. And I really recommend... That if you wanting to grow in wisdom, let's read it again. For this reason, verse 9. We also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. I prayed this over you this morning again. And as I said, I do it every day. I confess this over you. So it would be great for you to say, I believe I received this. This is what I want. And what do I pray over you? I pray that and ask that you're filled with the knowledge of His will. In all wisdom and? Spiritual understanding, why? So that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him. How many you want to fully please God? Well, how does that work? When you walk worthy of Him. How do you walk worthy of Him? When you know His will. When you know His will. And verse 11, increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to His glorious power, for all patience and longsuffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father, who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. In other words, you don't have to wait to get to heaven to enjoy your inheritance. Jesus has already done the dying. And so now the world is activated. Then he came back from the dead to oversee the carrying out of the world. And it's not for you when you get to heaven one day. It's for right now. Say this, I am pre-qualified. Is that good news? You're pre-qualified for blessing. That means you don't even have to ask God for it. You just thank Him. If you need something in your life, you need healing, you need provision, you don't even have to ask God. You just have to thank Him for it. People say, but didn't Jesus say, whatever you ask the Father in my name? The word ask you there is literally demand. You place a demand on it. You're not demanding from God because He's already given it. You're now activating it. You're placing demand. Amen. How many of you got money stored in a savings account in a bank? Let me see. You got money in a bank? Saved? Now, remember, the, it's, if you still do it old-fashioned, you go to a teller, and you walk up, there's someone standing at the back. And you say, I want to have some money. If you just stood there and say, please give me money, they say, where's your withdrawal slip? See, so your withdrawal slip... Is not a request; it is a letter of demand. You put the you put the deposit slip down, and you got money in the bank. You put the deposit there, and they say, "Well, no, not today. You misbehaved today, and so we're not giving you any money today." What's your response? Excuse me, my life has nothing to do with you. That's my money, my request, my demand. And if you don't give me this money, I take it all out. Okay. Now, that's because we're dealing with humans. We don't deal with God the same way. The point I'm making is if it's your money in your bank account, that withdrawal slip is not a request. It is a letter of demand. The money's in the bank. They don't check your background. They don't check whether you being good or bad. They don't check anything. They just say if there's money there and you got a slip, it's yours. They have to turn it over. I want you to see that as a concept because God has already declared you healed. God has already declared he provides your every need. God has already declared all the angels are given charge to protect you. So all you need to do is put the slip down. I have this need provided. So yes, a need in my life. Dad says I've already got it. You place a demand on it. You see that. And so the moment you do that, you will notice that you are pre-qualified. You are pre-qualified. How many of you had a need, have a need in your life? Just keep that hand up and say, I'm already pre-qualified. This need's already met. I now place them demand and receive it. And I thank you for it, Father. Amen. Amen. So by praying this prayer in the first person every day, that's what I do over my life. Every day I'll say, I believe I'm filled with the knowledge of God's will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. And my walk is worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him. I am fruitful in every good work. I increase in the knowledge of God. Now you say that, Jesus says, you have what you say. You'll be amazed how wise you will appear. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is your wisdom in you. Christ has become for you wisdom. Say that, Christ has become for me wisdom. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. What's he doing? He's about to pray. Now, for this reason, you're going to do homework. You need to go read chapter 1, 2, and up to there and find out what the reason is. But I'm going to go straight to the prayer for time's sake. For this reason, say Holy Spirit inspired prayer. So, he has another prayer that Paul prayed that I have made a personal prayer. That this gets prayed over you every day. I pray this over you this morning again. And so, as we read it, I want you to be aware of that because you're going to know this is me. Just do that. Bump your name and say, this is me right here. Tell them, don't look so surprised. You'll be amazed how often you appear in this book. Hey, man. The Word of God is spoken about as a mirror. Haven't you looked in the mirror this morning? You can admit to it. When you looked in the mirror, what looked back at you? You did. You saw who you are. Well, the Word of God is a mirror, but this is a supernatural mirror. It doesn't show what your current state is in the natural. It reflects God's impression of you. This is how God, when He looks at you, this is what he sees. See, we see the scars and the hurts and the damage and the, uh, that's too long and that's too short. That's too straight. That's too curly. That's too dark. That's too light. That's too tall. That's come on. Are you with me? We got all the too muches that we think we are. But when God looks at you, he sees what he created and he sees what he made you to be. And that's what he's calling on you to be. And so when you read the Word of God, that's what you see reflected. So I'm going to call what He sees, not what I see. Say that, I call what God sees. So yeah, here's a prayer as God prays it. Now when you see this, I want you to see yourself right there. Now he's praying to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So so far we have Father, and now we have Jesus, and Christ means the anointed one. That's the presence of the Holy Spirit. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Went about doing good and healing all who were sick and oppressed. The devil, Acts ten thirty eight tells us that the presence of the Holy Spirit is that anointing. That's what makes Jesus the Christ, the anointed one. So now, the Father, one, Jesus, two, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, say, that's me, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might, how? Through his spirit. There's the third person. Through his spirit. So Paul's praying to the Father in the name of Jesus Christ, that you strengthened in your inner man through his spirit. Now, what's the inner man? The inner man is who you are. You are a spirit being. you created in the image of God. God doesn't have a physical body, but he's placed you in a physical body to live on this planet so that you can connect with the physical world. So the body that we live in, I know we refer to this as me. This is me, but this is not me. This is my body. Me, inside this body, looking at you through the windows. Say that I am a spirit. And then we have a soul. That's our mind. That's our will. That's our emotions. And we live in a body. So say that I am a spirit. I have a soul. A mind, will, and emotions. And I live in a body. Now that living in the body, that's you. That's who you are. That's the inner man. So sometimes you feel weak in this physical body, and you know that could do with nutrition, it could do with sleep, it could do with exercise. There's various things that can influence it. But how you know, sometimes you've eaten well, you've exercised well, you know you had a good sleep, but you just... I looked it up in the Greek. I couldn't find the number for it. But you, you know what that means. I don't have to give you a translation. Ham, you know what means. How you felt that. And you think, I don't understand this. You know, somebody just cry. What's the matter? I don't know. I don't know. There's something wrong. Nothing's wrong. I just no, what's happened is the inner man. The inner man, that's the spirit man. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength, not your happiness. Happiness has to do with circumstances. They can, things can happen. Things can happen that you're not happy with. I'm not happy with that, but that doesn't affect my joy. I won't allow Satan to steal my joy. Why? Because joy is where the strength comes from. And notice Paul says, I don't pray that you feel good and that you feel strong. He says, I pray that you strengthened in the inner man. Why? Because it's from your inner man that flow the issues of life. Jesus said, my words, they are strong. Spirit and they are life. Life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Health begins from within, from your spirit outwardly. And so the body uses fuel. That's why it's good to eat right and give it the right chemicals, the right constituents, the right nutrients, the right fibers. Your body needs all of that. But that is fuel. But the strength, the life of it comes from your inner man. Everything that drives you comes from your inner man. Your passion, your desires, your will is all driven from that inner man. Notice he says here that you be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Why? So that Christ, everybody say Christ. Now you know that's not Jesus' surname. I already alluded to it. That is the anointed one. So whenever you see Christ, translated as the anointed one and his anointing. Because the anointing is what makes him the anointed one. If you say someone's wet, you assume they got water on them. So when you say Christ, we're talking about the anointing. So whenever you see Christ from now on, just as you're reading the scripture, drop in there the anointed one and his anointing and watch that scripture come to life. He's praying here that the Spirit strengthen you in your inner man that the anointed one and his anointing may dwell in your hearts through faith. That the anointing dwell in your heart. Now you know when you gave your life to Jesus the Holy Spirit moved in. But that anointing manifests on demand. See Jesus as Christ walked the earth and people would come and hear him and listen to him. They'd call on him for help. Uh, And one day they were out and people were all around him. And there was a woman with the issue of blood and she pushed through the crowd and she said, if I touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. And as she reached up and touched the hem, the anointing flowed and Jesus stopped and said, who touched me? And, of course, the crowd was, okay, everybody's touching you. Oh, you know, I mean, you're bumping and jostling and people are touching and pulling. And, and, and all of a sudden, Jesus feels power. He says, no, power flowed out of me. Now, what is that power? Rephrase, who is the power? The person of the Holy Spirit. That's Christ in him. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And so what happened is when that woman touched, Jesus didn't know in his natural mind, didn't, wasn't aware she was touching because it's only the hem of his garment. I mean, that's, you don't feel that uh, if everybody else is bumping you. But He sensed the Holy Spirit. See, Jesus didn't know it, but the Holy Spirit saw her faith. And if she's come with that, he's already heard her confession. And if she's reached out with faith, it activated his desire and he flowed into her. And the moment he flowed in, that power is just simply his presence healed her in that moment. And Jesus turned around, who did that? See, it wasn't him laying his hands on her. It was the power in him, the person of the Holy Spirit. And the moment that Holy Spirit entered her, her infirmity was removed. Her infirmity was totally removed. Amen. So the same way now, that Holy Spirit dwells inside you. As a believer, he's right there. Now the same way, you can walk around and no one would know the difference. Bump into Jesus Everybody that bumped Jesus didn't feel, oh, yo. Whoa, Jesus. No, it had to be drawn by faith. Are you with me? He wasn't charged and everybody ever touched him. No, it was only the one that said by faith. So the same way someone can be born again with the Holy Spirit in them and never experience him. How sad is that? When you have universe creative power in the person, the Holy Spirit within you, That in one moment, that Holy Spirit flowed from Jesus into the woman and she was totally healed. You have that healing power inside you. It doesn't even have to flow to you. God, please touch me. He's right there inside you. Lord, if you just reach down from heaven and touch my fevered brow. You see how we've been religious and we lost sight of the Holy Spirit living inside your heart. Notice what he's praying here. This is the prayer. That you would, Christ may dwell in your hearts. How? Through faith. So today, for some of you, you're hearing this for the first time. Others, we're hearing it again. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. That word hearing is, is the present Repetitive. It's, 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 you read it as hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. So the more often you hear it, that faith grows stronger. So that's why I'm sharing this with you. Today now, you have the faith. You've heard it. And so now be aware of the Holy Spirit dwelling within your heart. Why? So that you may be rooted and grounded in love. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, rooted and grounded in love. Everybody say rooted. Now what do we know about roots? Remember Mark chapter 4, verse 16. Mark chapter 4, verse 16. Jesus was teaching on the various parables of the soil. And he said, these likewise are the ones sown on stony ground. They hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time. Afterward, everyone say afterward. Tribulation or persecution arises for what reason? For the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now, the word stumble used in the Greek there talks about offended. They become offended. You heard Pastor Samuel talking just now about people that have been members here for a long time, longevity. How many of you know that some people come in, they hear me once and they and they walk out. You see, there's a rock of offense. They, their heart is hard. I understand that and there may be more work needed but Ham, you know, some people come in and they say, this, yeah, oh, thank you, Jesus. This is my church. Hallelujah. I love it. I've been transformed. I've been changed. I've been delivered. My marriage is saved. I'm, I'm so blessed. My business is growing. I've had increases, promotions. And then three years later, you look, where are they? And they're nowhere to be found. And then you find out, no, someone looked at me sideways. Someone sat in my chair. Someone didn't phone me. Someone didn't know. What happened? It wasn't like they, they don't believe the word anymore. They received the word with gladness, but then tribulation came. Persecution came. Now, family, how do you know things happen? People happen. Come on. If no one offends you, you'll offend yourself somewhere. I mean, there's times, I mean, how have you ever, uh, what are you thinking? Ellen, 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 how have you ever beat yourself up on something? So if you get offended with yourself, surely even your, I know, Janine never offends me. I'm talking about generally, you know, it's just, you know, something's going to happen somewhere. So surely if somebody in this building, doesn't do something that you expected or doesn't say something that you should have done or does something that you don't think they should have have you know that's satan's subtle ploy because he's got to wedge you out you're sitting here you're hearing the word you're getting faith in your heart and i cannot it's the word the word the word you're getting healed you're getting delivered i've got to get you out of here because you're proving the word to be true and as long as the word's been true no one's listening to me and he's got to work on you and drive you and get you and just do something in. someone's upset about what I'm saying now why does he have to speak like that because I'm trying to get a point across you see the enemy will use any point he can just eject you out that door as long as you're gone that's fine and if you're gone you may think you're a Christian because you remember being in church not you anymore now you here person remembers being in church they remember hearing a word. I mean, you can stop eating now and stay on food for the next two, three, four months and see what happens. Try and remember the steak. Try and remember the potatoes. Remember the peas. Remember the carrots. That doesn't feed you. That's why when people say, oh, I heard this before. Yeah, eat your carrots again. You need to keep hearing the word. Keep hearing the word. That's what I'm feeding you faith. I'm not trying to impress you with new information. I'm feeding you faith. Everybody wants the new thing, the new thing, new thing. Have you heard that preacher? There's nothing new under the sun. Nothing new. Feeding you faith. See, if I'm not getting that, I'm not rooted there's no root. See, root means you're locked in. You said you were uh, 10 years. See, that's roots. Rooted, grounded. Everybody say rooted. Grounded. So notice, go back to the prayer now. He says that you be rooted and grounded in? In? That's the bottom line. If someone can up and go. I question, how deep is that love? That could be a song. (laughs) My wife says, it is. Oh. I'm I'm turning fifty-nine this week. I know. (laughs) How deep is your love? Mm Mm-hmm. I should write that down. I'll be famous, man. That that song will go Everybody say love. Remember 2 Timothy 1 verse 7? God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Spirit of love. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 12. May the Lord give you increase. How many want increase? And abound in love. To one another and to all, just as we do to you. Why? So that he may establish your heart rooted, grounded. Establish your heart blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. And I had somebody, uh, you know, it's been uh, a while since I've heard it recently. But I've had people come to me and say, you know, you keep saying in this house, love is king. Well, I don't see any love in the church. There's no love in the church. There's no love in the church. You're standing here telling me there's no love in the church. Okay. First of all, what is love? Rephrase it. Who is love? Who is love? So you're telling me you're standing here without God in, because you are the church. You are part of the church. Even if no one else has any love, we're all backslidden. God's not in any of our hearts. But you standing here as a supposed believer, you are part of the church. At least love should be in your heart. I said at least love should be in your heart. Now I'm talking about you. Love should be in your heart. Me too. And if love's in my heart, I don't care if I'm in the middle of hatred. Love is in my heart and I don't feel love because it comes from you. I'm not looking for love in other people. I don't need attention from other people. Why? Because I'm rooted and I'm grounded in love. And if no one else has love, I have enough to give to everybody else. Let me begin and put hands on you and start imparting love into you. And you can look at me ugly and say horrible words. I will still love you. You can't, you can't say anything enough to stop the love of God that's in my heart. You can't insult me enough. Why? Because I died on the cross. The Bible says we are crucified with Christ. Do you notice when you go to a funeral? Don't do this. But imagine if you went up to the coffin and tried to insult that man. Do you notice his response? Dead men don't respond. It's no longer I who live. It's Christ who lives in me. And so it's not me that people are offended with. It's the Christ. It's the word. But as a believer, you and I are obligated to forget everything that's happening around. Don't take those offenses. Don't allow those tribulations and those persecutions to get inside you. You are rooted and grounded in love. And if nothing else, so that love. There is love in the church. If you're born again, you are love. You have love in you. Say that as a born again child of God. I have love within me. You know, one way I've learned to never be offended by lack of attention. The only reason people get upset is because their expectancy wasn't met. And I've known humans to fail. Even unreal. Unre- Wittingly. Come on. Have you ever walked past the mall, looked someone in the eyes, and they didn't greet you? And then you go later, why? I saw you in the mall. You didn't greet me. I didn't even see you. Because I wasn't looking you. I looked something behind you. Are you with me? But the devil will try and twist that. How many of you expected a phone call, and it didn't come? And you found out later, it's because their phone was on charge wasn't because they didn't decide not to phone you. I'm, I'm helping you here. So yes, sometimes people do things ugly and, and on purpose. I get that, but if I treat it all the same way, in other words, I place no expectation on you. You can never offend me. So whatever you do do is a bonus. Amen. So someone gives me a, "Oh, oh, that was nice. Amen. So what am I saying here? You begin by being rooted and grounded in love. Everybody say, rooted, grounded in love. Back to verse 17. This is what we're talking about. Ephesians 3, 17. Christ dwells in your hearts. How? Through faith, hearing the word. Why? So that you are rooted, grounded in love, may be able to comprehend Now remember that comprehend, we're going back to Colossians 1 verse 9, which says you are filled with the knowledge of His will. Comprehend is that inward understanding. Comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, and height. What are we talking about? To know. Everybody know. Everybody say no. That know, K-N-O-W, to know, that word know is the Greek word, Strong's number 1097, 1097, it's the Greek word gnosko, gnosko, gnosko means to perceive, to understand, it's intimate knowledge, remember koinonia, intimate fellowship, gnosko is intimate knowledge, The Jewish uses it as an idiom actually for sexual intercourse is where Adam knew Eve and conceived Cain. That's what we're talking about. But that intimate knowledge, in other words, it's not just knowing, learning something, it's an inner working knowledge and understanding. It's intimately knowing something. When you know and you understand a vehicle, when you understand like a pilot knows his plane. I know what things do. I can push a plane around in the air. But if something goes wrong, uh, no, hang on now. <laughs> you need more training for that. But a pilot knows, he knows that plane. When he feels something, ah, oh, that's that thing at the back corner over there and that means I've got to do something over here to fix that. See, there's, he's, there's an, he's one with that machine. There's an inward knowing. That's gnosco, that knowledge, that perception. So Paul's saying he wants us rooted, grounded in love so that you may Know the width, the length, the depth, and height to be intimately aware of the love of this anointed one, which passes knowledge that you will be filled with all the fullness of God. Filled with all the fullness of God. Now listen, the width, the length, the depth and height. Let me ask you, how wide is God? How long is God? How high is God? How deep is God? We're talking about an infinite God with infinite wisdom, with infinite provision. This God of all creation that you would be filled With the fullness of us, I'm trying to do body language in tongues because my English language is limited. Family, we're talking about all of God. You don't have a piece of God, just a portion of Him. The entireness of who God is, all the wisdom extents and the knowledge and the power and the glory and the wisdom and everything that God is and knows and does and has and be's and everything, yes, God is inside you. Come on, give him praise if you can get a hold of it. You've got to know this. You've got to know this. How can you be afraid ever of anything if you know this? How can the devil slide you a letter saying you've got, you got three months, you've got... <laughs> I have power in me. We're going to deal with this thing. Because we know how to. Why? Because I'm filled with the knowledge. I am rooted and grounded. My God loves me, loves me, loves me. Can't help it. He is love. Now, verse 20. He is able to do X exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think how according to that power that works in us come on give him praise if you got a hold of this. to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever amen Am you ready for this exceedingly abundantly love life? Family, no, 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 no. Just no, 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 no. You have the Holy Spirit. He's dwelling with you. He wants you to understand why He's there with you. Don't apologize for it. You live this glory life. And watch Him empower it. He's just looking for those that dare believe it. Are there any in this house? Why don't you stand to your feet and let him know? Let him know. Let him know. Come on, give him glory. Give him glory. Hallelujah. Say, Holy Spirit, I know you dwell within me. You are Christ. You, the anointing, your presence is the anointed one within my life. And I know your love. I am rooted. I'm grounded in your love. I stay in the house of God to allow the faith of God's word to fill my heart that I can experience the width, the length, the depth, the height to know the love of Christ which passes all understanding. And I see you do exceedingly, abundantly, above whatever I could ever imagine. Therefore, I know whatever I ask for is done. I give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give the Father glory. Give the Father glory.